Pro Talk with ProTech, digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today, we get to meet real estate agent Grace Perez with Grace Perez Homes of Keller Williams Metro Center. It's so nice to see you, Grace. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It's good to see you too. Thank you. Uh, To get things started, we wanted to learn um, a little bit about you and kind of your story in real estate and how did you end up as a real estate agent? Uh, What did you do prior to this and kind of what got you to where you're at right now? Yeah. um, So I got into real estate. um, I don't want to say just randomly, but it's funny how it worked out. I I went to school um, undergrad. I was pursuing psychology because I wanted to be a social worker. Um, And I ended up switching uh, degrees and I pursued information systems. And so when I graduated college, I went into the IT world and I was working in the IT world for about 13 years. I, you know, one day I stumbled upon, believe it or not, an ad in a, um, one of those uh, Arl Now magazines in Arlington, because I used to work in Arlington and live in Arlington. And I pulled it out and there was an ad for real estate school. And I was like, you know what? I've always thought about this. This might be something fun to do. I was getting a little um, bored and and just you know a little underwhelmed with my career and 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 you know was I didn't feel the passion behind it. So I you know I took it home and I was talking to my family about it and they were like, oh my gosh, you should be a real estate agent. You'd be great at it. You love talking to people and you love people. And so I decided to take classes and I was taking classes in the evenings and I was going in person to a brokerage out in Arlington for uh, four hours a night for a couple nights a week. Uh, I think it took about two months to complete that class. It was in person. Um, And so I started off doing dual career and I enjoyed it so much. And I just felt like I wasn't able to completely inundate myself um, until I went full time. So I kind of made a plan of, of, transitioning out of my full-time job um, with a, you know, comfortable salary that was consistent. And I was just like, you know what, but I got to do it because if I don't try, you know, who knows, like, I don't want to have that regret in, in, you know, in the future. So I went ahead and I, and I dove in and it's funny that now being a real estate professional um, and and you know, this too, being in customer service, you wear many, many hats. And so I feel like I'm being able to fulfill some of that, like social worker aspect and working with people and helping people. So I think that really is where the draw stems from is, is being able to help people. And that's why I got into real estate. I, I didn't realize it at the time when I was taking classes and I signed up and I'm not now I'm thinking, I was like, wow, I'm fulfilling that desire that I had from when I was younger. Right. That's so cool. Kind of a a full circle of a a thought and something that you want to pursue, but didn't really dip into it. And then the fact even that you did, you had, you know, that such good IT experience, that's huge, you know, for what real estate has become, because it really is a lot of that technical aspect as well. Right. And you're able to fulfill what your initial kind of dreams were. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So exactly. uh, what year was it that you made like kind of going from dual career to full-blown real estate agent um, to where you're at now? Yeah. So I went full-time in August of 2016. So okay. um, yeah, I just started my fourth year full-time. Right. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Grace Perez Homes and, um, you know, kind of your team and, and what the, what that, what you have going on with that. 
Absolutely. So right now it's just me and an admin and a transaction coordinator. Um, you know, I felt a need, you know, obviously as your business grows, there's a need for additional support and people to help, you know, kind of guide you and run this small business. Um, I am in the process of adding team members, real estate agents, um, marketing assistants, and things like that to the team. That is going to be full-fledged next year. Um, you know, my, my concept, my, you know, mission is really, my passion is to help people. Like I am very into the mindset of this is a relationship-based business mm -hmm. that really helps create visions and helps people's real estate goals. And that's where my passion lies. And so for me, I want to be able to surround my, myself with people who have like-minded like thoughts and ideas around that. So, you know, when I'm creating my team and, and my, my team, and when I talk to people about it and very passionate about them understanding that this isn't just a transaction, this is really, it, it, it creates like a family or a friends aspect. People that I'm clients that I have usually turn into really good friends and mm -hmm. um, you know, it kind of develops from there. So that's kind of where my passion is, is behind that. And that's what my team mission and, and where our values stand. And that's what I'm trying to create in my, in my, ramp up period for my team as well. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting too. It'll be exciting to see how that unfolds into next year. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something really good to kind of take what you've already learned and what you're passionate about, and then be able to pour that into other people and reach more people. Ultimately, if you can kind of, you know, get them to tag along with you, uh, that's right. amazing. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I know you're over in the Virginia area, but where specifically do you kind of spend most of your time doing, doing business? That's so funny because I was looking at my transaction for the past year and trying to see if there was a trend. I, I, I was curious too. And I was like, oh, I'm all over the place. Like mm -hmm. I'm licensed in, in DC, Maryland, and Virginia. And I find myself going to certain parts of Maryland a lot because of my fiance's family. Um, and they just have, you know, a big sphere up there. And then I'm originally from Northern Virginia, Arlington Falls Church area. So I was just trying to find a pattern. And I'll be honest with you, I'm all over the place. I have started to see a a growth in my business in the Loudoun County area a lot. Um, but looking back historically on my transaction, Maryland's really big. I have um, family and friends in DC as well, but then really hit hard on Fairfax County as well. So I can't pinpoint one city and say, this is where I concentrate yeah. on. I think eventually it will probably develop into that. But right now it's, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm in Maryland, Montgomery County, PG County. I'll go to Frederick County. Cause that's where my fiance's family's from, mm -hmm. you know, Loudoun, Fairfax, um, Arlington's a hot market. It's just a little bit more difficult right now, especially with buyers. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just all over the place. I wish I could tell you, Hey, this is my, my, my niche, but I, I can't pinpoint anything right now. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that that'll be kind of cool with you growing your team is to see, you know, where will you end up spending most of your time and then where can you kind of leverage some of those other areas so that you're not spreading yourself so thin in the sense of driving all over, you know, all the time. Right. Right. So that's good. That's yeah. the diversity is good there though. Yep. Um, so for a little bit of a fun question, what would you say the craziest thing that you've ever seen in a house has been? Yeah. You know, I thought about that question before, cause people have asked me, you know, as a real estate agent, I'm sure you see crazy things and yeah. I really wish I could tell you something super awesome and fun. I, I, you know, I think the most that I've ever experienced is, um, you know, 
there's definitely been a lot of times where we walk in and people are either sleeping um, or just recently, actually last week, I was just talking to a listing agent about this. We walked in and somebody was in the shower and usually, and it's so funny because my clients are always like, why are you ringing the bell? We have an appointment. I always ring the doorbell. I always knock and I always say hello as we're walking in because I've experienced that so much. And I was like, yeah. it's, it's inevitable. Someone's going to be home. I promise you. And, and that usually it's the case. The only other thing that I thought was a little funky and I actually posted about it online and it got a lot of engagement was there was a fire hydrant in someone's backyard and it was a real fire hydrant. And we were like, why is that there? Is this like, you know, is this owned by the County? Is it zone? You know, like what's going on? And the listing agent just said that, um, the seller's best friend was, uh, the chief for the fire department and he decided to gift him a fire hydrant and he put it in his backyard and it was crazy, but not strange. It was just a little, I mean, it was odd, not crazy. Yeah. I was like, that was a little weird, but I haven't experienced anything over the top to tell you the truth, but right. that's probably one of the things that were stuck out the most. And people were commenting like, why was it there? What is that? Why are you know, like what's going on? Right. But that was, you know, it, it really was very curious. I was like, why is this here? <laughs> yeah. That's a good, good thing to look into to see, to kind of get the history of that. Well, and even more funny is like, you could find buyers who like have a dog, who, like a boy dog. And that would be perfect for the yeah. dogs. Like you see fake fire, you know, fire, uh, yes. for, for dogs and stuff like that. That's really yep. Um, okay. So getting a little bit into kind of like the process of, of real estate, buying a home, selling a home. If I'm looking to purchase a home, what would you say the most important thing that I need to know would be? Oh gosh. The most important thing is to get educated on the process. I cannot tell you how many times I get people who are either first time home buyers or even purchasers that have come in and are buying their second, third home that don't remember the process. So part of my business practice is to actually sit down for a buyer's consultation and physically walk them through, not physically, but on, I have this little board that I show them, walk them through what happens during the process. Um, you would think that somebody who's purchased a home before or going in it, they might remember certain aspects of it, but they tell me things have changed. They even say it like things have changed and, you know, refresh my memory. It was so long ago. And what is an earnest money deposit or what about what happens in this, in this scenario and why it's so vital right now too, is the education also comes in with the, how competitive the market is and what to expect. So it's that knowledge that gives them what to expect moving forward, the expectations, but also setting them up for success. So they're not completely disappointed and their understanding of how the process is going to work. Hey, it's competitive out there, low interest rates, inventories low, you know, all these things ha are happening that it's creating this competitive market. So let's be prepared for it. So it really is just that sitting down, giving them that information. Um, that is the most vital thing. I very seldom will start working with someone without actually walking them through the process. I mean, it's got to be someone who's super savvy or insisting that, oh, I already know, you know, just tell me what I need to do type thing, or just, you know, something like that. But for the most part, it is that sit down right now, it's virtual through Zoom, um, walking them through what to expect and setting those expectations and giving them all that knowledge, because what happens is they feel empowered, and they're ready to actually move forward when they find the right home, as opposed to fiddling around and saying, let me think about it, because guess what, in about an hour, it's going to go under contract. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's so important because there are so many moving pieces and to your point of that things change. So even if you bought a house last year, one things change in general for yeah. the process, but two, 
the market changes. And so, you know, determining here's what the process is and what are your goals and then how can we move forward based on, you know, what we both know and getting crystal clear on that is really right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, how about, and I'm sure it's probably similar in a lot of ways, but if I'm deciding to sell my house, what would be the most important thing that I need to prepare for before putting my house in the market? The most important thing to prepare for is, um, you know, I would say the frenzy, I would say the, um, when people are, you know, they don't expect to have that many showings, like people see, you know, the, the general public will see things going off the market, but they don't think they understand the details behind it. They don't understand that you might get 25 showings on the first day. You might, they don't understand that an open house might consist of high demand. Um, and so really preparing them for that expectation right now in the current market that we we're in. So they're not overwhelmed, especially for a home that's occupied occupied a home right now a lot of people are working from home a lot of kids mm -hmm. are doing virtual learning there's a, a lot going on in that household and so setting them up for that expectation that we're not going to expect one or two showings on a Saturday it can eventually you know if it price if it's price right and it shows well and it's in good condition you're going to get a lot of interest and so the most important thing is understanding what is going to happen after we put the house on the market because it moves very very quickly mm -hmm. and um I get that's one of the feedback that I get. I didn't expect this many showings. And so kind of setting them up for success in that aspect. So they're not feeling overwhelmed and they're not feeling like they don't have a place to go and things like that. So, you know, what have, we've done um, a couple of times is actually set people up in hotels and saying, you know, this is this maybe where you need to go for the weekend because this is going to be crazy for three days. I promise you. Wow. <laughs> um, and they were very thankful that they did that. They're, they were like, well, I don't know if we would have been able to keep up with it. And that is a concern. You Usually during a consultation when I have with sellers is what happens during showings? Where are we going right now? Because there isn't a lot of places to go. And so having that understanding that it's, it's going to come and we need to have a plan in place for it. Yeah, I absolutely love that response because it's something that's so different that a lot of people I think don't think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it, right? Because yeah, let me explain to you what the market is and the market is crazy, but what does that really mean mm -hmm. for a seller? Well, that means that your house is going to sell quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the end goal. We know that, right. right? But the actual logistically, what does that mean for me on a day to day basis for myself working or my kids or or anything like that? And setting that expectation um, up front is huge, and I'm right. sure that kind of helps the the calmness come. You know, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if it's like I said, when it's occupied and there's children at home and everyone's working from home, it already is a stressful situation. And so, you know, having them understand, like we need a, we probably should put, put a plan in place. If it's some, if it's a vacant property, it shouldn't be too much of an issue, obviously, but that really does help um, ease a lot of the nervousness that goes into what happens if, when our house goes on the market. Right. Absolutely. It's great, mm -hmm. great advice. Um, talk to me about like, I mean, I know we've kind of already talked about it, like the current market, but how would I know as a person when the best time to buy or sell would be, especially in a market like right now? Yeah. So, you know, the best time to buy and sell is, is now, if you're in a position to move forward, if you're ready, willing, and able, if you're a buyer or seller, regardless, the time is now. Um, and I say that because for buyers, it is historically low interest rates right now. Um, yes, inventory is tight. And yet seeing as where interest rates are now, we can't predict the future and say it's going to stay like this forever. We don't know. Um, you know, we can say projections, we can say this is what we're expecting, but 
you know, we, we don't have that crystal ball where we can f- firmly and confidently say, this is where we're going to be at. So building that investment too, it's like thinking about it. It's like, it's an investment. You're, you're, you're shopping at a time where it's crazy. I understand there's really strategic ways we can overcome those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, thinking about where you're going to be five years from now with a low interest rate in the area that we're in, um, being very affluent, very demanding, you know, just low inventory and, and houses te- increase, house values increase over, over time. It's just been the trend. Um, understanding that this is the opportunity is now with sellers is, um, it's almost like a, it's a, it's, it's a given it's, there's no question. Now is the time, you know, right now, what we might get is a concerns about the holidays, but I will tell you that this month is, has been, feels like any other month this for the rest from the year, this entire year, everyone's experienced the increase of, of volume and interest. And so with the market being so hot right now, it's like, why not take advantage of it now? And that kind of falls back on, we can't predict the future. We don't know what it's going to be like. Do we expect a crazy spring? Yeah, of course. This whole year has been a crazy spring for us, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, having a really good marketing plan and, you know, we call it like the holiday marketing plan that we can put into place for sellers. Um, but having that expectation, it says, that inventory is very low. We don't know where it's going to be in three or four months, you know, and spring usually tends to be the time where a lot of people want to put their houses on the market. You know, it's nice weather. The kids are getting ready to go on break, things like that. But you might be the house standing out now because you're the very few, you're one of very few in the area that's for sale. Um, Come a few months from now, it's in the spring and you're going to be one of maybe 10. I'm not saying inventory is going to increase. The demand's probably going to still be there depending on where interest rates are and things like that. But, you know, opportunities are always knocking and, and I don't see the trends shifting right now. It's still extremely competitive. I just had a client submit an offer on a property and they were one of 17 offers. And I know I've heard crazier stories in other parts too, one of 25, but this was in December. This was in December. We expect that in, you know, April, we expect that in June, but this was in December, one of 17 offers. And I mean, why wouldn't you want to take advantage of that? Right, right. right. Yeah. You can definitely get a good, you can get a good, a good offer. One out of 17, you have really good high, uh, a high chance of getting something that is going to make you happy. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a seller's market, a hundred percent and, and really take advantage of that for right. sellers. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so with all of these, these moving pieces in real estate, um, what would you say your favorite thing kind of about this industry is, I mean, do you have a preference in working with buyers over sellers or, or what else is it that really is why you do what you do? Yeah. You know, I've been extremely lucky, um, that I've worked with people and I think it's kind of just like the attraction in the universe out there is I've really, I've been, I've worked with people on both buyer side and seller sides, um, that have really created this culture and this environment of, like I mentioned earlier, like a, a, a family, um, it, the, my favorite thing about this industry and, the business that I have is that I get to create these relationships with people. I am very, very, very big on relationships. I I've always had, you know, I like having friends and conversations. I want to get to know people. Like I'm very curious. Who are you? Tell me more. Somebody always has something interesting and you never know where they've been or where they've come from. And that to me is just fascinating. Um, And I've been very lucky because the Um, clients that I've worked with have really become like family to me. Very seldom do I have experiences where 
we don't keep in touch or, you know, perhaps the connection wasn't there because I really feel like um, when you work, decide to work with a client, it is, it's a two-way street. They decide, they select you as their agent and you also select them as a client. And it really just comes into this. Um, it feels like a good match overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something, it's a conversation that we have too, during the consultation, you know, if, if someone doesn't feel like I'm a good match for them, we end up not working together and, you know, vice versa. But that is my favorite part is, is creating those relationships and, um, with creating those relationships, um, the, the biggest thing that really tugs at my heart is, and just very recently i had, was working with some clients in Arlington and they have been looking since the summer and they have submitted close to a dozen offers, believe it or not. And they finally went under contract a couple, two weeks in December, see December right yeah. now is the best time to buy, wow. buy and sell. And, um, they, uh, during the home inspection, um, the, the wife said, you know, I just want to take some time and truly thank you from the bottom of my heart. We would not be in this position if you didn't stick by us and fought for us and gave us the professional advice that we needed. Um, That literally brought like tears to my eyes. And she asked me, this was a question she asked me, she goes, what do you like? What do you like best about real estate? And I said that building that relationship and having someone like you and my clients attest to the, 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 the culture that I have and, and the passion that I have in helping people. Um, that really is my favorite part. And I tell her, I was like, I love when I hear that because it really does. It's, it's more, more than just a business to me. It's a relationship. It's um, a lifelong friendship with these people. And I will forever have that stamp in my heart and, and in their hearts too, because I, I was the agent that helped them purchase their dream home. Um, you know, it was, a difficult process, you know, in Arlington market, when market in general, but Arlington is just fear, you know, just fierce, but mm-hmm. it, that was amazing. That was amazing. And I get that. I do get that comment, you know, from, from people when it's, it's been a little bit of a difficult process and it's the best feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because it can be so emotional and yeah. and hard and you go through all these emotions with them. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're their consultant, but you're, you're the forefront of the transaction and what's happening and doing the work on behalf of them. And so those emotions, you know, I'm sure kind of go off onto you as well. And so when you can both win at the end of the day, um, yeah. that's really cool. And, and, and even better that you're able to do that as a career, as a, yeah. as a life, you know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Um, let's talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And this could be professionally or even personally. Yeah, this one was a, it was a great, you know, in my mind, I I've, I've thought about that. People have asked me like, Hey, you know, have you gone through? Cause I, in my position, in my role, um, within my brokerage, I also am a productivity coach. So I help new agents get into production and I get asked, um, a lot. They're very curious of, you know, how did you, you know, or I'm going through this and, what they're saying is not new to me. It's like, I've experienced that before. I've been there before. And so, you know, I can tell you to the, the, the date, down to the date of my most challenging time. And it was this time last year. So it was from, I believe it was from October of 2019 to January of 2000, to the beginning of this year. It was 
a very 2019, um, 2020 has been a very fascinating year. Let's put it that way, right? For everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, 2019 for me was um, quite difficult. It was a very transitional time for me. Um, I was um, starting in my role as productivity coach, um, still in production as an individual agent. And I had a lot of personal setbacks. I had, I, you know, I lost some fur babies and fur babies for me or, or my children. Um, and I had some medical issues. There was just a lot of things going on and it happened all over the summer of 2019. And so what happened was that ended up impacting me on a mental level and in October of 2019, I remember feeling like um, in my mind, I was thinking, I don't know if I can do this forever because it was getting to a point where um, my production had plummeted and I was very um, uh, not motivated as much. Mm -hmm. And so that time period was extremely scary for me because I started to think, well, maybe I should start looking for another job in my previous career. And that was something that to me was not how I envisioned my life to be. I didn't want to go back to where I was before because I remember how unfulfilling it was for me. It was it a sustainable, comfortable, um, consistent, you know, career and, um, you know, did I feel stable and did I feel like, you know, there were, yes, of course, but it wasn't what I wanted. Right. It really did not light that fire or passion in me. And so that to me was extremely, extremely challenging. So having that realization that, okay, something's not right. And because of the current mental state I was in, I felt very defeated. I was, you know, very heartbroken with a lot of things that were happening. I, you know, it was almost like I didn't just, there was just no hope. It almost felt hopeless at some, at one point. And so I started putting pieces into place. I started to, um, you know, I started to seek professional help, for example, and that's very vulnerable to, to say, you know, but it's, it's the honest truth. And I, and I tell, I tell my agents the exact same thing, you know, they want to know something. I'm an open book. Ask me, I'll tell you, you know, business wise, this is what I went through. Um, and so, you know, and then I started to, uh, within Keller Williams, uh, for anybody who's not familiar, there's a lot of educational and training, um, uh, aspects that they have. And so they have, um, you know, a class that it's, it's based on mindset. And so I started to go through the books and really sort of practice and put things into place. And so I was able to, and, and reconnect with people too, because I had started to kind of phase away with everything that was going on. It just didn't feel comfortable bringing around people. I was just constantly being asked about my fur babies and, and things like that. And it was just overwhelming. I was like, oh, I can't deal with this. And so I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very good at uh, being goal-driven. Like that's one of the things that I feel like I, one of my strong suits, I'm like, okay, this is my goal. And I, I told myself, I said, all right, well, this is happening right now. And for some people, it's not that easy. You know, some people can't, you know, and it's just something that they can't do on their own. And, and there's no shame in that. Um, my personality is all right, Grace, you know, this is what's happening. You know, I understand. Do you want to start seeking? And this was a, a sit down conversation I had with my family. Do I want to start seeking and pursuing my full-time career again in my previous world? And I said, absolutely not. That's not what I want to do. Um, I love real estate. I've had a bit of a difficult time. It was maybe you know six months or something. I don't know. Um, I had a difficult time, um, but I'm, I'm going to get through this. And so I started again, putting pieces into place and I got into action. Um, 
And um, I had the right support behind me. I can't emphasize that enough in this real estate world and in this real estate career. Sometimes it can feel very lonely. Um, But, you know, I had my support system and that was that was starting with my family, my immediate family. And they really were just gunning for me. Like, you got this, keep going. Let's do the right things, put things into place. Let's get you back, you know, whatever needs to happen. And then the support of my brokerage as well. They were hundred percent supportive. Like what needs to happen? How can we help you? Let's, let's do this together type thing. So it really helped. And, and I hired, I, I also hired around that same, same timeframe. I ended up hiring um, a coach, a real estate coach. And so, um, that was, I think my coach, you know, uh, bundled with everything that I just talked about was pivotal. That was probably when I met my current coach and I tell her this all the time. I was like, if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I would be in real estate. Mm -hmm. When I met her, I instantly started to feel like things were going to start to change Mm -hmm. because she was able to cater the coaching and the process of how I needed to develop as a real estate professional to a way that suited me best. It wasn't just this black and white process of this is what you need to do, read a book. And it was her catering to my personality, the things that I was going to through and able to develop my professional skills and, and my mindset again. So that was how I overcame it. I know it was kind of deep a little bit, but it really was. It was one of the most challenging times. I really didn't think I was going to be in real estate this time. If you asked me last year, I'd been like, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was something that it was, um, it was, um, it really, it was extremely over, it was a very difficult time in my mm-hmm. life on a personal level, which in, in, in real estate and being a, a business owner, um, anything really that happens in your personal life tends to trickle in into your professional life. If you don't have the right boundaries or, you know, the support, for example, and that's what I saw. I saw it kind of, of impact my business. And, and a lot of this business too is mindset. And so when you don't have that balance, it's, it can be very detrimental to success in, in the real estate world. Well, I think that um, a couple of things that you had said with regards to being an agent, I'm sure so many people go through that same thing because you are kind of by yourself in the sense that it's your business. So, you know, it's not like you have to, you just like kind of go remote and clock in and, you know, sit down in a cubicle and like, that's it. And you can kind of, you can learn to just navigate that. Right. But when you have to truly make the decision of the work that you're doing, you know, day in and day out, that's a whole different ball game. And so I think in, in the bigger aspect of it is that you weren't able to just come out of that alone and, you know, yeah. like, Oh, I just love real estate. So I'm just going to do it. It's yeah. not that easy. You have to really lean into the people that are close to you and, you know, even seek more professional help, like a business coach or something like that to really pull you out of something like that. And it just goes to show how passionate you are for what it is that you do, you know, cause it makes it all, it all worth it in the end. And yeah, uh, thank you. Facts. That's really, that's, an inspiring story. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that you continued to stay in real estate too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely told myself that I wasn't going to give up until I gave it another go. I was like, I want to make sure that I exhausted every ounce of motivation that I have in myself. I was like, if it comes to a point where I'm like, I can't do it anymore, then, then I can say, all right, I'm walking away. But I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't in, in, in I wasn't there yet. I still had more fire mm-hmm. And I still had more desire to move forward. And I said, so that's what stuck in me is, is that kind of mentality. Yeah. I got to keep that, that fire, that spark there. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I I feel like the, um, you know, a a big accomplishment is obviously kind of coming, bouncing back from that and kind of recognizing that moving forward. But is there anything else, sort of a a big life achievement or just something that you're really proud of or passionate about in addition to real estate? Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is just putting myself in a position to um, continue to grow. Um, and that is the biggest achievement because of where I was this time last year. You know, again, if you had asked me 2019 at December, 2019, where, where are you going to be in a year? You know, I was, I wasn't very clear at that point. I, I, there was a lot of, um, uh, insecurities and a lot of, um, uncertainties. And so my, I feel now in the position that I am now that because I'm growing, um, as an agent, as a team, um, you know, obviously as a coach, that that is my so far my biggest accomplishment is where I am now to where I was a year ago. It's almost like, you know, that saying like I started from the bottom. That's how I felt in 2019. I was literally starting from the bottom, and so having a year that I had this year and and being in a position that I am to continue to grow, um, that's I mean just reflecting on that. It was like, wow, like, how did you do it? Like, what did you do? I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> just happened. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces behind that too, but you know, yeah. it, that was to me, it was like, just literally looking back when I was doing my business planning for 2020, I was like, oh my gosh, this time last year, this was a, this, this told a different story and, and look where you are now. And, and, you know, you were so close to giving up, but I'm so glad that I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you can only imagine what next year is going to bring too, you know, <laughs> yep. moving, moving that up. That's, that's amazing. Yep. Um, tell me something that most people don't know about you, any hobbies or fun facts. So it's so funny because, um, and I'll tell you a quick story, but most people don't know that I like to play sports. And I actually, when I was younger and I mean, younger middle school, high school, I was very athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't tell by looking at me now. And it's funny because this is a quick story. I used to work for a company where we had a um, event, a company event, and they had a um, variety show and our team decided to do a cheerleading routine. And they put me front and center because they told me that I looked like a cheerleader because my hair was always in a ponytail and it was always really like poofy and, and, and very like bouncy. And they're like, your, your hair, you just kind of look like a cheerleader. I was like, that's so funny. I was like, that you think that, but you know, and so, but people, mo- and, and just like by, you know, just interacting with me and stuff, people don't know that, that I actually, I love sports. I grew up playing sports. I, you know, played all in high school. Um, the other thing is that I still to this day play sports, believe it or not. What do you play? I do. I do. Um, as an adult, I was playing dodgeball, kickball and flag football, believe it or not. And it awesome. was co all co-ed teams. And then I still, to this day, I think I phased out to some of the other ones. I'm just, you know, I'm just not there anymore, but now I still continue to play uh, football or kickball, excuse me, co-ed kickball. And so I have a, a team uh, of friends and, and we are very active and very involved with kickball year round. And we don't play in the winter times, but we play spring, summer, and fall. And we just finished our season of, uh, right before Thanksgiving, actually. So that's something people that's don't know so about. Fun. That's so fun. And so, you know, it's a, it's a good way to just stay active and stay connected and yeah. you know, be with people, which is obviously fun. And uh, yeah. It's so fun. And I actually really, I love it. It's, I have a competitive nature to begin with. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, people don't know that about me. They're like, really? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. Stay yeah. active. Keep it up. Yeah. That's great. Um, are you currently reading any books, listening to any podcasts, or how do you generally like to gain new knowledge? Yeah, I everything you just said. I um I read. I it it my 2020 goal um was to read a one book every month. And so I've been doing pretty good with that. I'm a, I'm not a very fast reader and actually I don't truly enjoy reading very I like there's some people that really love reading I, I wish I had that my, my brother has that book I, I unfortunately don't but I make it a, a purpose every single night to read 10 to 20 pages of a book that interests me and most of the books that I've read all year have been real estate related um invest investing related um you know things like that um so every month I read a book I'm currently reading it something that I should have read years ago rich dad poor dad I thought that was, it's really great. I'm, I'm more than halfway through it. Um, last, last month I, I read the millionaire real estate investor book. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, I have six or seven books lined up for next year already. So, um, one way is definitely reading. Another is I do podcasts. I do listen to podcasts when I'm driving around because I drive a lot. And so I have a couple of real estate ones that I listen to on podcasts as well. I, um, I follow, I'm sure, you know, Karen Cooper, um, with the platinum real estate group, she has her podcast. Um, so I, I listen to her. There's a few others that I like to listen to. Sometimes it's like, you know, some other stories and, and, and on podcasts, but yeah. Um, another thing that I do, I'm very, very big on education, huge. Like that's just something I love learning. I love like the training. Um, we within Keller Williams have a lot of opportunities with that. I actually, um, and finishing up a um, models class tomorrow, which kind of helps us create and structure our business and things like that. Um, I'm constantly taking trainings in that aspect. I'm, I, I love it. I grasp, I block my time out for it. I'm like, I want to, I want to learn when I hear of um, agents, uh, you know, really well-known super high producing agents that are teaching or, or having a, a talk about something, I make it a point to tune in at some level, whether it's at a later time of, you know, recording or, you know, live, I, cause I love asking questions too. So I'm very learning based. Mm -hmm. I very, very much. So that mindset, I'm, I'm constantly developing. I'm constantly trying to figure out new ways or better ways to do things or, you know, understanding how other people have done things. Cause you know, maybe the things that I'm doing now might not be the best things. How, how did they overcome this? or what's their, um, what are their thoughts behind it? So that's something else that I do is, is make sure that I'm keeping afloat of any of the trainings I do. Another way that I actually um, keep afloat of things is I teach classes myself. And sometimes it's, it might be in something that I'm not super well-versed, but I have, I force myself to learn about it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let's talk about this. It's funny because they, you would think like, oh, if you don't know about this topic, you shouldn't be teaching it, but they say the best way to learn something is to teach it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been kind of, yeah, I'm constantly, I make, I, and I, I make it a point to, um, learn something once a day, whether it's 20 to 30 minutes, it's once a day, I will be doing, whether it's, I read every night now, but, um, like a video, I'll catch a video or a podcast or something. So once a day I make it a point. Yeah. Well, I think that's really cool. And I like that it's very diverse in the way that you're gaining this knowledge because there's different ways that, you know, maybe if you read something, you might not get it the same way that you would get it if you're listening to something or you might hear the same thing, but then now you're sitting into a classroom and learning about it from someone else kind of explaining their perspective of it. So I think that that's, uh, that's awesome. Just the diversity on how you, how you kind of gain that, that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. 
awesome. Um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? I know next year, your big thing is going to be obviously to grow your team. Um, but what else in the next five years do you see yourself doing? So I'm also, you know, in part of growing the team and it is continue to grow that team and expand it. Um, it, I see myself in five years also being inundated in investing. I've gotten a, I've grown a, a strong interest in investing in real estate. Um, I have plans on getting that into place into 2021. And so I think in five years that, you know, definitely keeping the real estate aspect of it. Um, I definitely want to start learning about and, and getting inundating in the investment aspect of it as well. Um, I've never flipped a home. That's something that I hope to do in the, in the near future. Um, and then I, I want to be able to have some experience with commercial real estate. That's something that I haven't tapped into at, at all. And I do see a, a need for it. And so that's something that I'm hoping to with the investment, but also having some knowledge with commercial in the next five years that also continues to grow my real estate team and, and helping new agents and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I envision. That's awesome. Very yeah. clear. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's say I'm your next perspective, perspective client. Mm-hmm. Why should I call you? So, um, I get that question actually. I was like, why should I work with you? Or, you know, why should I call you for example? Um, and so really, you know, my, how I stand out from other agents is I offer an experience. And I know I've talked a little bit about that throughout this you know, podcast, but it's not just a transaction for me. I really get involved in the, you know, the whole aspect of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. I put myself in their shoes. I'm very, you know, I feel I empathize a lot. I am constantly thinking about like, what would I do if I was in that position? How can I guide them professionally? Um, But also keeping that human side of things as well. It's like, yeah, we're, we have to put on our professional hats um, and we have to make sure that we don't have that emotional link to that transaction. And yet the human side of us is there's still someone on the other side of the transaction that, that needs a little loving. Um, so for me, it's the experience it's, you know, if you want someone who is going to be your advocate, um, I'm your person. If you want someone that's going to be, be able to help this and create this experience for you and, and not have it be just, you know, another person they close, like that's, that's the experience you're going to get with me. Um, that is, one of the things that I'm also trying to um, develop at a higher level is, you know, where are some opportunities that we can grow our customer service aspect? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, we obviously do, I think a great job, um, but we could be doing something better. And so we're putting things into place on how to elevate that service and providing that experience for my clients in general. And I know there's plenty of agents, um, that, you know, have the same mindset as well. I think for me, it's, you know, call me if you want me to, to be that person that is, um, that, and I want I like to say advocate, like I mm-hmm. I've had been told that, and it's funny that pops, that word pops up a lot, but I have been told that by clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I think you're, you're learning base of what people are doing and, and just the new knowledge aspect of it. And two is, you know, you can always enhance that, which I think mm-hmm. is cool is not just kind of settle on what the experience is now. That's a big thing to, you know, obviously provide, but then always understanding that that's going to just continue to prove and that you're kind of dedicating a lot of your other time towards that, which is right. Awesome. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So 
if, uh, if I want to reach out to you, what's the best way phone number, email, are you on social media or what's the best way I can uh, contact you? Yeah. All of the above. Um, I, I tend to be a little bit more on Facebook than Instagram, actually Instagram. I wasn't super inundated in it until this year. So I'm still kind of learning the ropes there. It's a little different from Facebook, but I do have a Facebook, uh, you know, Instagram at Grace Perez. My business page is Grace Perez Realtor, both on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, my email is super simple. It's my first and last name at Grace Perez at kw.com. And then, um, you know, happy to have conversations with anybody or, you know, through text or, you know, phone call. Absolutely. 703-606-1875. So I can be reached through multiple platforms. Yeah, all the platforms. <laughs> Always connected, right? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Grace. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk with me today. Thank you so much. A good one. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.